Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. We hope you're enjoying your summer so far uh, as you are listening to this. Before we bring into our awesome guest today, I wanna give you guys a really cool announcement. So as of today, you have 24 hours left to RCP to my backyard barbecue event, which is uh, Tuesday, just as long as the weather is good, we're gonna, we're gonna host it in my backyard. There is no elevator pitches, it is simply cornhole, barbecuing, we're gonna have a bartender on the back deck on my uh, 50 foot bar and come and have some drinks on me come have some food on me stay for an hour stay for the whole night that's fine just at 10 o'clock you turn the lights out but if you uh want to just kind of meet some other business owners network in a really casual way play some some yard games and eat some good food have a few drinks on a, on a beautiful summer night come on down again if you want to rcp make sure you go on our social media pages make sure you click on one of our links in our email uh it's on eventbrite it's at um the backyard uh, business event um, at the Founder's House. So that being said, let's get into our guest today. We have John Pusateri, the owner of Green Genie, uh, which is uh, a mold mediation. Uh, John, I do have to ask, how does one get into mold mediation? Because I doubt that's something you put on your first grade. Hey, when, John, when you grow up, what do you want to be? I could be wrong. Is that, is that how it worked out and you started from there? No, I wanted to be an astronaut first, but you know, this <laughs> step two. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining so, us today, brother. Thank you for sure. having me. I'm uh, excited to talk about this. Um, how does one get into it? I actually used to run my own family furniture store. In 2008, the sky collapsed on the retail world. Um, and I tend to lean more in an all-natural lifestyle uh, whenever I can. And, uh, well, you know, I decided that I was going to clean my customers' carpets and upholstery, and I started Green Genie Magic Carpet Cleaning. Uh, along the way, we got phone calls from people with COPD and asthma, and I'm in the house cleaning their carpets, getting itchy skin and teary-eyed. I'm thinking, they got to have mold in their houses. So I started researching mold, and I came across a product uh, that is a natural enzyme that cleans mold up better than anything else. And uh, that just sort of springboarded us into where we are today. Okay, awesome. Uh, so I have to ask, are you allergic to mold? Because uh, you yeah. got teary-eyed and all that? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. So it actually came from an actual need of, like, I can't be in places that have mold. Right, yeah. <laughs> and about 20% of the people actually have a significant allergy to mold, and the rest is just sort of accumulation with uh, uh, different mold spores and stuff like that. But 20% of the population has a higher sensitivity to it. Okay. So give us a timeline here. I know you didn't start last week. You've been around for a while. So when did you officially start in the mold mediation business? So uh, September of 2010, Mike Martha and John Pusateri started Green Genie Magic Carpet Cleaning. We used a vegetable-based cleanser dry in an hour. A year later is when I made the dive, uh, September of 2011, into mold remediation. Um, and then we started doing mold jobs and more mold jobs. Then we got a call from an insurance adjuster because they had a flooded basement that turned into mold. And then we looked at the, the flood business and now we're doing fire flood restoration every single day um 
So it's just been an evolution uh, a long time. At one point, we were doing uh, property preservation for the banks during the foreclosures uh, and stuff like that. But banks are notoriously slow, and I decided I don't want to work for someone who doesn't want to pay fast. Yeah, exactly right. We have uh, I know you have employees and whatnot now, so you guys have grown. They have a beautiful office, by the way, which we're recording this in. Um, they have a huge warehouse. So. So that being said, John, what do what do most people not know about your business and what you do? Like I imagine there's an assumption from the outside, um, or or they're like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a lot of certifications involved. Maybe there's a lot more, um, uh, you know, equipment you have to purchase, things of that nature. Anything that kind of stands out to you? I think the biggest difference between us and our competitors out there is they most of them have learned from a book on how to do things. And the book on mold remediation was written by an asbestos industry expert. And it really doesn't work well. Mold is actually part of our ecosystem. It's around us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have to learn to live with it. Uh, you can't just paint over it. You can't use certain environmental controls and think it goes away. It doesn't. So um, you have to put your thinking cap on. One thing that we bring better than any of our competitors is our passion to make the house healthy. Uh, we don't use any toxic chemicals. And even in our approach to talking to people, they are not a dollar sign to us. We're there to help. The dollars will follow, but we, we're there to help them make them as healthy as possible. Mm. So that being said, um, I, I, I have to ask. So it was just you and Mike originally. Yes. And then how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, there's 10 of us right now. Oh, wow. So you guys are yeah. pretty busy. So, yes. So how long was it was? Because obviously it's an entrepreneur podcast. We want to talk about the entrepreneurship of it all. Um, and one thing that's very clear when I when I did my research on John over the years is that he is the number one mold mediation company in Western New York. And whenever I asked like realtors or anything about any of that nature, I'm like, hey, who does mold removal? Everyone kept saying, have you met John yet? Have you met Mike yet? Have you met John yet? So, um, which I'm like, obviously I have. So that being said, when did you officially hire your first employee and how has that process go gone along for you guys? Uh, I think it was... Uh 2011 or 2012, we got our first employee. We do additional services. My mold product does a great job of cleaning roofs, siding, and decks, and everything like that, fences. And uh, so we were able to propel this business in the off between jobs with cleaning a house. So I would bring a, a, an extra guy in to help out with doing that. And we just keep adding a person on and adding a person on. And now we have a significant training uh, regimen with our employees. We keep them. Uh, Dave, I showed you the back room. We have a, a bar, a pool table. Uh, we have a, you know, a poker table. We build the relationships with our own employees first before we send them out into the world. And they pass our vision on to our customers. They're in there, they're kind, they're considerate, and they want to be helpful. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. They even have a cool putting green and all that. So I love golf. So uh, so I walked in here. I'm like, this is awesome. We should throw an event here. <laughs> I was thinking because it's just, it's just a really cool We're space. We're open to that. Yeah, so we should definitely talk about that. So, tell me about the uh, the um, the evolution of your business. So, how does how does, in your opinion, from your sphere of influence, how does one evolve their business? In your opinion, you know, I think uh, the secret of being an entrepreneur is having every hair on your body to be an antenna to opportunities, mm -hmm. and you do that with training. Just like if you're an athlete, you serve an, an awareness of where you are on the ice, on the football field, mm -hmm. uh, on the golf course, and you know, you know how to change your wrist your positioning. The same thing goes uh, 
works well in business. You listen to different opportunities. Like I said, I was getting itchy skin, and I'm like, there's got to be something there. I didn't know anything about mold, and I started researching it, and then uh, we moved into this direction. And then you you answer the phone and say, yes, I can do it. Yes, Mm -hmm. I can do it. And you'd be surprised um, what you can do, just not by saying no. Yeah. By the way, I think we just found the title of our podcast, The Itch for Getting Into Business. (laughs) Something of that nature. We'll play around with those words. But no, that's really good. I love that. Having your antenna up for opportunities, because you're so right. Sometimes, because we get such, as a business owner, so in fact, our listeners, let me, let me, I want to make sure you caught what just John said. Having an antenna up for opportunity, which sounds like, okay, we, we understand that, we know that, but how often are we so caught up in our daily operations from one thing to another, one thing to another, that we haven't stopped and looked at, hey, where's the new opportunity arising? Or, hey, I see a problem here that we keep running into with our clients. Not necessarily that is our business, but we can supplement. What I thought was really smart for John is he went from carpet cleaning to mold mediation because of the problem he saw, and then he's moving into flood restoration and things of that nature. And I saw his warehouse where he has those uh, dehumidifiers, if I if I know yes. the name correct, and how he rents them off, rents them to uh, to to the homeowner and pays it through the insurance. I'm like, wow, there's so many little niches in here that is just so cool, and how he's really put that under the umbrella. So what is one thing that maybe you're noticing that is a problem that your customers are having that you can solve? within your sphere of influence and your expertise, or you can really learn and grow it. And if you don't know it, know it, you can, you can learn into it. So, um, and grow into it. So I thought that was just a really cool thought here, man. So, um, that being said, uh, next question I have here is how important is partner referral marketing? Uh, how do you go about cultivating relationships, which is huge in business, um, things of that nature? Well, the most important thing is understanding where your, your funnel of business is going to come from. In the service industry, I'm going to get it from other service and tradespeople. Mm-hmm. So I do uh, uh, shop talks with real estate agents, educating them on what to say if the word mold comes up. Um, I, I meet up with a ton of plumbers. In my world, building relationships with people, having coffee with them, shaking their hands, if they're going to refer to you, their customer, they need to trust you, mm-hmm. and you need to look them in the eye. They're not going to give you a referral. Um, now, that being said, some other spheres of influence might be different, where social media might be uh, bigger. But people very rarely are going on to social media if they have a flooded basement. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the people who are going to refer me businesses. So mm-hmm. you f- have to figure out what that sphere is, what that funnel is, and then you have to hammer it. And it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like a garden hose. You turn the water on at one time, and it's sweat equity, drip drip, drip, drip. And it takes a while before it becomes gushing out the other end. Mm. What has surprised you about that? Um, what I mean by that is over the years you've seen, I got to imagine, I mean, at least me, I'm surprised every week or every month how some things work out, Some how I thought you know leads will come from this direction, but they came from this other direction or um, how compound relationships have really worked well. Because John, we've known each other for years, but we just recently partnered up with The Real Producers Magazine. So it's really cool how so it just to me, it always um, is really cool. So anything, anything that kind of shocks you over the years of like, wow, I never thought this would be a great lead source or great referral source or this would be fruitful, but it really has been. Anything kind of stick out to you there? Um, no, everything was by design. Okay. To be surprising, but you know, I, I want to move into this direction. Now, there's things that we've tried that didn't work. For example, we worked with the banks during uh, the uh, foreclosure crisis to do property preservation. And I was about a year and a half in, and they owed me a ton of money, and I was waiting on it. And I'm like, I'm starving waiting for my money, mm-hmm. yet we have to have the work done in three days. And I'm waiting six months to get paid. And I'm like, this 
this is a mistake. Let's move away from this industry. So I think the evolution from an entrepreneur is always to how do I get bigger ticket sales and get paid? Yeah. So always be mindful. Every one of us has 24 hours in a day. Right? I don't care if your goal is only to make $100,000 a year, that's what you're going to focus on. If you want to make a million dollars in a year, you got to focus on things that are going to pay you a million dollars. And the billionaires actually focus on things that are going to pay them a billion dollars a year. Yeah. It's just a question of what are you going to focus on in those 24 hours? Wow, that was good. It was like you had that in your back pocket. <laughs> it really was. Um, yeah, that's great. So, Right now, everyone is struggling with employees right now. We maybe that is hiring somebody. Right. Uh, I know we talked a little bit before, but any uh, tips you have or tactics or um, advice that you have for people that are struggling with I, that? I've changed my focus as a business owner into uh, not driving my business itself, but to driving my employees and giving them the fulfillment that they need. This isn't a fun job. When you're in an attic in the summertime in a Tyvek suit, it is brutally hot. Or you might be in a basement that's full of raw sewage and you're wearing a Tyvek suit. It's not a fun job. But nobody leaves a job if they're appreciated. So I make sure when they come back from work, we have water with them. We, we get pizzas and stuff like that. I listen to their concerns. And I'm becoming more of an HR department. That being said, they go out and recruit the people to come when we need more people. Hey, we should get this guy and that guy. So when they're out, they're talking to people and say, you should come work for us. Mm, that is so good. And I want to piggyback off what you just said two different ways. I'm debating which one I want to say first. But I think it's so smart. Let's be honest. If the people that are currently hired or are, are not enjoying their job, if they're not... Um, not that people should be running to the job every single day, but they should be enjoying it. They feel appreciated. They feel like, hey, they always have my back. They actually listen to us, um, and they do right by us. Naturally, when someone's looking for a job or they think someone's a good fit, they're naturally going to listen to their friend more than you know a person they just saw on a newspaper ad or, or, you know, or on Indeed or things of that nature. At least that's my opinion. So taking care of your current employees is definitely step number one, not overworking them and making them feel good. And the second thing is um, is that uh, basically if we take care of our, of our employees, the customers are naturally going to be taken care of as well. Yes. I'm sure you've kind of figured that. I'm sure you've seen that in your business, John. Yeah, you know, and I get phone calls from customers. Hey, we you guys just finished the carpet cleaning. They were wonderful. They just did a duck cleaning for us. They were wonderful. They explained everything to me. And it gives me goosebumps when I get these phone calls. I'm just so proud of them mm -hmm. uh, and the company that we've become. Green Genie is an all-natural company. We believe in being more holistic, more kind, more uh, gracious to the earth and the people around us. You know, we talk about opening doors for people and stuff like that. And I, I just feel that our mission is being fulfilled and it, it just gives me great joy. Mm. So, John, obviously, you guys are a bear company now. You know, you guys obviously went from you and Mike to, to, to 10 employees. Now, I got to imagine your role has changed a lot over the years or at least a little bit. Yes. Are you still just knee deep in what you're doing when you first started or how has your role changed and what are you doing today? Well, you know, we uh, we finally put a project manager on in January and Ray's doing a fabulous job. And all of a sudden, I had bandwidth again. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could think. And guess what? Another opportunity just popped up, and we've been researching it, and we're getting into the healthy home uh, foam insulation business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the concerns, we go into a lot of houses that are not properly insulated, uh, and if they're overly insulated but they don't have good ventilation, mold develops or VOCs can build up in the house. And you have to have good mechanicals to help sanitize the air going into the house. You can't just seal it tight. The idea is they, make, they want to make the house a Yeti cooler, but if the air isn't going out, 
you know, when you're cooking something on the stove, it gives off carcinogens. That's why you're supposed to have a vent going. When you're taking a shower, you are building a lot of moisture into the air and stuff like that, and it has to ventilate out. So as we're sealing the house is way too tight, we have to put mechanicals in. So I've been spending the past two months becoming, well, I'm not an expert in it yet, but you I want to become like one. one. You know, <laughs> uh, we're trying, you know, I know who to talk to, and we're getting the right information and who to partner with. And now we, we're opening Magic Foam in the next month. Yeah. Uh, and we're all excited about that opportunity as well. Yeah, so, you, yeah, I mean, you're... Uh you're basically proving the point I said earlier. Constantly looking for new opportunities within right. the problems that you're seeing with, with your uh, so with your obviously now that you have more time on your hands because of your project manager. I think that's so cool. So that being said, was it tough to get rid of um, not rid of um, offload uh, some responsibility? Because like, I know a lot of business owners are like, well, I'm just so uh, type A about this has to be done a certain way that I, I can't let go of that responsibility. Was that for you? Or was it pretty simple? Um, I think it's an evolution that comes along, but uh, you know what? You have to trust the people, and that's the biggest thing. Trust your employees to do the job. Train them well. Let them think on their own. If they make a mistake, it's not reason to fire them. Mm -hmm. It's a reason for them to learn a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You have to create a healthy environment where you can have these discussions and say, we didn't do this as well as we could have. Mm -hmm. What could have we done better? And as you build up a better teamwork that way, um, but uh, I think it's a, an arrogance by any owners uh, that they have to do everything. And no, they're, they're not. If they're the smartest person in the room, they're hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah. So one thing I know about you, John, is you've been in B&I's before. You've been well, you've been very well networked the, you know, the last you know, uh, 12 years or so. What is something you're noticing that maybe just from an outside standpoint that people have the hardest time offloading or leveraging or uh, delegating is another word I can put. Anything that kind of sticks out to you at all? And I have a well, I think the biggest thing is when you start something, it's your baby, just like being a, a, a parent. You know, at some point, you have to let the baby go into the world. Uh, and the same thing goes true with, the, with your business. But you'll be surprised what opportunities come along when you let go of that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we were able to get into the magic phone because I went from working, you know, 14 hours a day to... Okay, I'm working four hours a day. What am I going to do with the other four? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, again, I, I, I know I'm probably, like, uh, boosting the ego here too much for you, but I just think that's so smart because so many times we get so caught up in, I have to do this, I have to do that. Um, but how do we leverage that? How do we how do we delegate something so we can keep expanding and learning? Because one thing that's very clear to me, as soon as I meet you, John, we start talking about things. Like we were talking about the two unit I just bought and, and the roof. One thing that's so obvious is that you just know what you're talking about. And because of that, that comes with trust. When it comes with trust, it's easier. When they want it done right, they're like, I have to make sure I go with this person that clearly knows what they're talking about. So doing your education, doing your own research, and constantly finding different ways to serve clients. And that's really entrepreneurial at its core. So that being said, obviously you've built a lot of connections over the years, John. I know you mentioned how you, how you talk to realtors. Do you have any tips for people that are having trouble building relationships with other business owners or trying to get referrals? Or I know it's so tough because there's a million things to do for a living today and there's different avenues and revenue markets and whatnot, but what's a, what's a way that you think is a good way in a general rule of thumb to, to keep building relationships or different ways of building relationships? Well, you have to you have to give first. So if you want to build a relationship with someone, you have to give them uh, you know, an opportunity for them to make money. You have to give them an opportunity for them to learn something. Uh, and they value uh, some trust that comes along the way. People do business with who they trust and who they like. Now, there's a shyness that comes in. Like, how do I go up and shake hands with Billy Bob or whomever? Uh, just go up. 
You know, they don't know that you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> right? Because they, they, they know less about mold remediation than when I started. So, you know, yeah, the first year, I didn't know that much about it. Yeah. I knew more the second year. I knew more the third year. I have conversations with people around the whole country about stuff. And, you know, after doing it for 12 years, I'm educating them on stuff. Mm. That's so good. They're almost giving yourself permission to just go for it anyways. Absolutely. Not, not having that, having it all together, because at least I don't. So that's really smart. That being said, man, I got to imagine there's a lot of uh, misconceptions or perceptions of mold. Um, maybe when a realtor comes up to you or maybe a homeowner and says, hey, I have this problem or that problem. Is there a qu couple of questions that you get asked pretty regularly that you kind of want to bust some myths about or anything like that? Or I think the biggest thing is when people see black discoloration, they think that's black mold. Uh, black mold is rarely black in color. You'll mm -hmm. see it in white, greens, reds. Um, black mold is designated that because it's the most toxic of all the molds. It's stachybotrys. Uh, stachybotrys requires 88% humidity or greater for two straight weeks for like cladosporium to evolve into that. Uh, it becomes an alpha uh, fungus. Um, so people see black discoloration in the attic, they think it's black mold, and it's not. And it's no reason that you have to run away from the house. Yeah. especially in a real estate transaction. The black discoloration is actually mouse, or a uh, mouse. It is uh, mold poop. So the mold's inside the wood acting like little Pac-Man eating away at the, at the wood on the inside, um, and it metabolizes it, and it pushes that metabolus out, which gives it that black discoloration. So that's the evidence that you have a mold problem. It's not the mold. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Other, I, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I would, I would know that. Yeah. And probably the biggest thing, uh, the second thing is, and my biggest concern is basement mold. Oh, it's in the basement. Well, your furnace is down there too. So basements are damp by their nature. They're cold. You have a cold walls and cold floors. And as the warm air migrates downstairs and hits the cold walls, it lowers the air temperature. Cold air holds less moisture than warm air, so relative humidity goes up. You do not need water in a basement. You need relative humidity greater than 60%, and mold will start to colonize. Mm. Uh, so it's real important to have some mechanicals down there, that, like a Humidex or a dehumidifier, that's reducing the humidity conditions to a, uh, a safe spot. I like to keep it around 50% relative humidity, and you can never have mold growing in there. Can you have mold in there? Yes. No house is mold-free. Uh, mold is on every breath of wind it's ever every blade of grass it's on every tree it's always blowing into your house with an open door or window uh what we want to do is prevent it from colonizing mm. and you do that by reducing humidity con conditions that's great so anything else for because you know a lot of people a lot of business owners have rental properties and you know airbnbs things like, it's you know it's a pretty passive income you know what yeah let me set it up here so i gotta imagine so for those that are listening out there is there anything else is there an easy way to check for it on your own so they know if they have to call you or not or um, just so we're not wasting your time as well, right? Because time is money. But so any, well, any tips I actually out there? have the opposite idea. Okay. Give me a call. And the reason why is even if you don't have mold, and I'll be happy to tell you, if you don't need a mold remediation, I'm not coming into your house to do work. And the reason why is mold remediation is very similar to someone who has cancer, a sensitive subject. But the only way to really eradicate the cancer in the body after surgery is to do chemotherapy to make sure you got everything. When you do a mold remediation, you have to gut a whole basement and sanitize the whole thing. You can't partially do it. Is there a reason for us to go in there and do it? If it's a small spot of mold, you can do that on your own. But call me anyways. And the reason why is I want to build a relationship up with you. Mm -hmm. You are going to need me. You're going to learn to trust me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So unfortunately, John, that is all the time we have here today, man. 
Um, for those that really just, again, they jive with you, maybe they want to give you a call, maybe they want to pick your brain on entrepreneurship or something that we didn't get a chance to ask a question that they want answered, uh, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? You can say whatever you want on the air. Well, your best, you can go to our website, uh, greengeniewny.com. You can click on the link there and just send us a message. Um, call the main office number, 466-6653. Um, my email is john at greengeniewny.com. I'm happy to help out, answer questions for you. Hopefully there's someone here that uh, I can build a relationship with. Mm. Um, you know, my best advice to someone, look for the chaos because that's where the opportunity is. <laughs> I love it. That's good. Um, that's a great way to end our podcast today. So again, John, I, really, I know it's obviously summer. It's your busy season, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, David. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.